Are you a fan of the finer things in life? Well, of course you are. You're listening to my voice right now. I have some good news for you. If you're a fan of high class, delicious Italian coffee, I have a promo code for you. If you check out Lorenzotti Coffee at lorenzotti.coffee and use the promo code THEMADONES, you can get 10% off their fantastic beans. So join us, lorenzotti.coffee, promo code THEMADONES. You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the Mad Ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your totally modeling my own merch, stunning show tank top host, Cam Harless. And with me as always is your maybe small but can 100% kick your ass and make you feel bad for it hostess, <laughs> Miss Jessica Green. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm fine. You're going to get me into fights, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's, that is all I want out of this life, is to get you into fights. Um, but tonight we have a, a pretty fun guest. Um, we're joined by, a, the, it's a face you may know if you've been in the Libertyverse for very long. A classy lady that spits hot fire at the left and the right while wearing pearls. The editor-in-chief of the Anti-Media, YouTube extraordinaire, purveyor of peace, hope, and love. Your favorite dangerous white right wing extremist miss carrie wedler hi how are you doing oh you just made me nostalgic calling me the editor-in-chief of the anti-media i will are you always not anymore? be oh no i'm gonna be forever i refuse to drop okay. the title but we were banned three years ago and we don't make original content anymore oh I, but i refuse i that's still my public email so i'm never okay. dropping it <laughs> it's a really great name because you know the corporate press is the enemy of the people and being anti-media is actually very important at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch like the last five or seven of your videos just in preparation for talking to you today. Mm-hmm. And I told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again, the, that especially the last one, the gun, the gun control one, you just spit hot fire. Thank and, you. And I, I was very, I was like, I am very impressed by this. So I appreciate you coming on even though Thank the media has been shut down. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> what, uh, um, what was the reason they shut anti-media down? What was the stated reason? Of course, so, you know. And let me think. So on Facebook, it happened, I want to say like 11 a.m. on a Thursday. And we got a notice saying that our page had been unpublished. Um, it was something about... It's in a video. If you wanted to look at my YouTube, because I might misquote it because it's been years. And honestly, I try to like not think about it now. Um, oh, fair enough. But, Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. It's totally fine. It's fine to talk about. I just can't remember the exact reasoning because it wasn't, you know, it, it was something about um, the issue was with, if I remember correctly, they claimed it had something to do with our sharing practices. So like we were partner with a page called the Free Thought Project. They're still around. I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone knows Free Thought Project. Yeah, Police the Police. Right. We would partner with them and we'd share each other's posts. 
And to my knowledge, that was sort of the basis. They were saying it was like inauthentic behavior, even though that's what major mainstream pages did as well. Not like CNN, but pages that parrot mainstream narratives. So it wasn't like we're the only people doing it, but we appealed. They never responded to our appeal. (laughs) And the weird thing too is they had, uh, this is what's so strange. They had assigned us a representative at Facebook. There was a Facebook employee who was in charge of helping us boost our reach because they'd killed us with algorithms. So then they swoop in. They're like, oh, let's let's help you get some more reach. Here's some free ad space. They gave us like hundreds of dollars in free ad space in September. And then October, they banned us. And then several hours later in the afternoon, they banned us on Twitter as well. And that I don't I didn't get the email notice for anti-media. My personal page was banned. And it literally said specifically for and it was blank. Like there was no reason. <laughs> and then they denied the appeal. And then the reason was like you can't manipulate user experiences on Twitter, which is ridiculous because I barely even posted. I barely even post now. Twitter stresses me out, honestly. I just rejoined <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> so it was just it was all ridiculous and none of it was justified in any way that I can tell, but Obviously, we never got our pages back. And that was between Free Thought Project and Police, Police and Anti-Media. We had probably 7 million followers, 6, 7 million followers. Like we had actual reach and surprise, surprise, we got banned. Um, so it's been a long I remember th- recovery. <laughs> I remember those pages being taken down mm-hmm. and being like shocked that it was so blatant. Yeah. You know, there was no like, (laughs) um, it wasn't as though you guys were doing anything like nefarious. You were just getting information out that the regular media wasn't posting. Right. And And, it it was shocking. Yeah. And even things that you would think the left would be fine with a page called Police the Police. Right. You know, a page called Hemp. Hemp. Hemp was banned. Like, okay, I don't, you know, and it's, I can never prove anything. I don't know who was behind it. I know that shortly after the 2016 election, or possibly right before the midterms, Facebook and Twitter both partnered with the Atlantic Council and they had something called the Digital Forensics Lab, maybe Digital Data Forensics Lab. And they were advising Facebook and Twitter on how to secure elections and prevent the spread of misinformation. But it's not like they sent us a notice saying like, hey, the Atlantic Council, once you've gone, you know, it was just, you're gone. So I'm I'm not one to make assumptions, especially it's like, okay, well, as a journalist, I'm not gonna just assume I know a certainty who was behind it, but I know that we had a lot of reach and we were critical of both sides and the media. We were literally called the anti-media. So, you know, there we went. That's what was so funny is like, I, I haven't been canceled in that way, but um, on Facebook, we had back in the day, the name of the show was make Liberty great again. And we had a Facebook group that was with it. We had several hundred people, very close knit group. Like we created memories, people, I'm pretty sure a couple people got married that were in the group. Like it was, we we have a secret Santa every year, you know, just like this, the whole shebang. And then October 31st, like maybe four days before, um, yeah, four days before the election, they pulled, they completely tore down our group as well as Dave Smith's and a few other groups all at once and there'd been this weird lead up where anyone who had questions about coronavirus and how it was spread or how the information was spread things that were said then that have been verified by the cdc and fauci now but were thought to be conspiracies back then that's how they kicked us off is because people were asking questions they didn't want them to be asking amazing so I, i have a taste of it 
but <laughs> yeah and that's enough honestly it's it's incredibly frustrating and honestly it can be quite disheartening you know when you work to build oh, yeah. something and you're having an effect and you're reaching people and people want that product or whatever it is you're offering and then to just have it be unilaterally axed and not even really given a reason you know and yeah suspiciously always right before an election because right around that time on instagram they banned a bunch of accounts and from what i can tell they were accounts that used hashtags like libertarian and even, you know, obviously Trump supporting things, but anything that goes against the established uh, ideological acceptable uh, conversation, you know, you're right, at risk. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so interesting because there are other pages that fly under the radar and they're fine. I don't think that there's actually like a, a consistent ideology to it. I think they're just kind of swinging wherever they can and grasping at whatever is apparent and obvious and they're going to miss things. And like, I've been back on Twitter for, I don't know, a few months now and nobody's yeah. got me. Like they might right. catch me, who knows, but you know, right. they're not as efficient as you would believe. <laughs> not right. you, well, but, you know, generally yeah. people. Right, right. Well, it's, it's like their algorithms are, that's, I think that that may be my favorite thing about like Twitter, Facebook, I've not used since. Like, I mean, I right. still have a Facebook, <laughs> yeah. but I have no use for it. You know, that's where I spent the lion's share of my time. Um, but like, that's the fun thing about like Twitter and other websites that have these rules are the people who are creatively getting around them. Mm-hmm. I've always loved this. Some people are far more crass than other people and will say some stuff, but... <laughs> I just love that creativity. Like uh, one of them is if you ever see someone say, I am a gorilla, it comes from an episode of um, Timcast where oh, okay. Michael Malice and uh, Alex Jones were on and mm-hmm. they talked about the book by uh, the book Ishmael and Alex Jones w- was going, I'm a gorilla, murder yourself. <laughs> and so like one of, one of the in-group things is like, if you say I'm a gorilla, it's saying, you know, KYS, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know, they're, like there are different things that people do. And I just love the creativity. Right. I mean, that one's particularly rough, obviously, right. but I love the creativity of getting around these things and yeah, and thrive it's, in it's, that. <laughs> that actually, that sounds very innovative because I remember, so I joined the anti-media, our founder started in 2012, right before the election. I joined in 2014 and we were reaching like literally millions of people. Like you could look at our, 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 like the the analytics on Facebook, and it was like tens of millions of people a week. And then after the 2016 election, surprise, surprise, in like 2017, our reach just started tanking. And this was after they put us on a list that the Washington Post then cited and later retracted because right. it was complete horseshit. But it was too late. You know, they had already started the fake news propaganda push, and it's maddening because personally, I. As editor-in-chief, I didn't let people cite, like, RT, you know, just as much as I wouldn't let them cite Voice of America, unless it was, like, an actual interview with a general or something, you know? It was like, well, we're not going to use government-funded news sources. Um, So it was just ridiculous that they called us Russian useful idiots or whatever. They put us on a list. (laughs) It's because we opposed U.S. foreign policy. But my point is, after that, our reads started dropping, and so it became this kind of cat-and-mouse game where our social media people would have to try to gain the algorithms basically and like figure out the best times to post so that they could overcome because they'd switch the algorithms like once a month or they'd, they'd always be switching it. So once you figured out how to get around it, then they'd switch it again. And then our reach would drop again. So we were really right. struggling in the couple of years or year and a half or however long I'm bad at math, however long before they banned us. So it wasn't like, Oh, we were reaching all these people and then boom, we're gone. It was, they started hitting at us before they even banned us. And so it was interesting 
and sometimes exciting to try to get around it, but also so frustrating. And then you're just gone. So <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, that's the, that's, I love subversion. And that's like one of my things is being able to be in the current zeitgeist and use, I mean, people use this for in different ways, some bad, some good, but like just being able to subvert is such a wonderful thing. In my opinion, mm -hmm. we had a couple of friends who used the phrase vaccine passport mm -hmm. in a YouTube video they did and YouTube pulled the video just for using because, the word. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. apparently being critical of the concept. Right. And so Jessica and I, right, like right before we did our show, after that stuff started coming out, we saw that and we were like, okay, so what are we going to call vaccine passport? <laughs> right. I remember that. And so it was, it was, I actually did a poll. We ended up saying it anyway, because it's kind of like, uh, we're we can only say Baja Blast over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the vaccine passport, guys, come on. <laughs> but yeah, we, 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 we decided to call the, uh, the vaccine, the Baja Blast. Uh, the poll was close between that or Stevo sauce, but mm, I like Baja Blast. I'm gonna go with the majority here, Marlboro. <laughs> See, and I and I'm just like, this is so gross and disgusting. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but Baja Blast has that like radioactive aspect to right, it. Like you right. think it should probably glow in the dark. Right. So, that seems think, appropriate to me. Yeah, stay out of the, the Baja Blast zone, people. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's actually good to know because I just recorded a video and I did use the word vaccine. So maybe I need to go back and like. So well, they've yeah. actually lightened up a little bit on it since some of the reporting in the news about oh, their the vaccine. Right, it's right. really hard to like even discuss the news on YouTube right, sometimes. Right. So they've had to lighten up some of their aspects or some mm. of their reporting aspects right, as far as that, that makes goes. Sense. So, yeah. And, you know, but before you were just not allowed to say, hey, there might be problems with it untested, you know. <laughs> hey, like, guys, we really distrust corporations and they're evil, but let's completely trust one with a horrible track record. And if you disagree, you're obviously a right wing extremist and you want grandma to die. Right. right. Ah, that was, that was a fun video where <laughs> you were you were put next to Fox News as a right-wing extremist oh my god i can't i can't <laughs> i just get i get so like it's and you know what's funny is that report actually came out a couple months before i made that video and i didn't see it and then actually someone from anti-media one of our social media guys who had you know he was with us through the ban he messaged it to me and i was just I was like ugh, i just can't take it anymore because their whole argument is that they never said that we specifically were purveyors of fake news, but that's the whole justification for the bans and for like being afraid of right-wing extremists or spreading misinformation. And then they're the ones peddling the misinformation. Like, and it's not that it was a widely cited report, but these are the experts, you know, this is someone from right. a university. Right. And so therefore their word is better than mine when nothing I've said warrants putting me and, and they didn't put me in like far right extremists. They put me in just a regular old mainstream, which is honestly <laughs> offensive. Like I don't get offended easily, but really guys, like you weren't going to make me a radical. You just made me like boring mainstream Republican. That's so like, have, I thought I worked for years to establish myself as a radical. And you're just going to throw me in a Fox news box. It was so disappointing. But yeah, it's, but that's the binary that they view the world right. in. So they exactly. can't see Right. Exactly. Like, it's not even that they were intentionally trying to smear me. It's that they probably saw a couple of my videos and were like, oh, she's a Republican. You know, like, right. I even was just right. talking to a, a conservative Republican recently. And I even said, I was like, oh, I'm like a libertarian anarchist. 
And three hours later, they introduced me to someone. They're like, it's Carrie. She's a conservative. And I'm like, that's not what I told you, dude. Like, <laughs> like we agree on some stuff. And that's cool. I'm glad I can find common ground with anyone, really. I could have a conversation with a progressive and also find common ground. Although fundamentally, right. at the end of the day, I disagree with both of them. I can, you know, I can be cordial and I can find things to agree on. But it's that's and it wasn't this person alone. This is just what people do. I've had so many even friends call me a Republican. And I'm like, yeah. how did you get that impression? And it's literally just because you either want me, you want to see me as you see yourself, or you, you're you so opposed to what I believe that it just comes off as like, like you said, it's binary. Like it was a liberal yeah. and she would introduce me to people and be like, this is my friend, Carrie. She's a Republican, but we're still friends and we're not friends anymore. You know, they're not allowed to be friends anymore because there is right. a, like a serious cult aspect to that where yeah, exactly. you're, you're one of them. Yeah. I used to right. be a leftist SJW, like all back when anti-media and police, the police got zucked as we call it now. I was a big fat SJW back then. <laughs> and that was kind of a moment for me where I was starting to see like how Orwellian everything right. was. And right. um, I, when you said it, it, it's weird, I would think leftists would be into policing the police. Right. I thought if you had opened that page after 2016 and had been critical of the regime that was in power at that moment, right. your page would be the most popular page on earth right, right now. But exactly. at that moment, you were criticizing the status quo. Right. the uh, coronation from Obama to Hillary Clinton. Right. So you, you, your voice had to be removed, even though it, you didn't bring it from Russia. You brought it from a legitimate understanding of what the problems were. But right. we were just supposed to be saying, there are no problems. Everything is great. And Hillary's going to continue to make it great. And uh, that's <laughs> right. why I believe that was always my take on why y'all got removed. And I was like, well, I'm not voting fucking Hillary anyway. Right. Is, I was on the left at that point. Right. Since then. I'm not on the left. I've walked away from that. <laughs> right. Everything has gone Orwellian and crazy. And I walked yeah. away. And yeah. all of my friends from that period of my life all refer to me now as a conservative. I'm like, I'm not a conservative. I didn't change. <laughs> Y'all just went way further than me. Right. And I couldn't go with you. Right. Well, they have to make you bad. They have to make you right. bad for disagreeing. And conservative is bad. You couldn't right. possibly have something that's just completely outside the box because they truly can't even understand it. And that's nope. not, I don't even want to say it's their fault. That's just the programming, you know, like they're victims of programming. And when I get very angry at them, I have to remember that just as much as I was a victim of programming. And I could have snapped out of it sooner, but I didn't because I believed it. And they got yeah. something that I talk about a lot, or maybe I haven't talked about it much in videos, but I intend to, is that the left has sort of this monopoly on compassion. And they've mm -hmm. convinced people that forcefully yeah, taking other people's income yeah exactly and that's very appealing to a lot of people because they're actually very well intended and they want to help people and they've been tricked and manipulated into believing this is the way to do it and it's very sad and we can acknowledge that they're victims of propaganda and also not let them walk all over us you know like both right. can be true right. like we we can resist and like not be hateful although i mean it's completely reasonable to get irritated and angry. Like I totally get it. It happens to me all the time. And then I have to remind myself it's not worth yeah. anger. <laughs> well, I've noticed that you take a much different tack than a lot of people, especially like when it comes to social media interaction, that you're like a, trying to bring positivity to it. And that is not really? something that's going on right now. Yeah, no, I mean, like I watched your video um, about uh, the, well, the video itself was about fake spirituality. Um, oh, spiritual. But, yeah. Spiritual bypass, right? And but mm -hmm. you, I hold on, I wrote it down. A mirroring suffering. 
you you were talking about mirroring suffering. And I was like, that is such a great metaphor for the way I see interactions, especially political interactions playing out in social media. Like um, you're taking out your negative emotions that you feel about all the different things that are wrong with the world on this person. And then they're your, your sacrificial totem or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, man, that just nails it for me. (laughs) So that was it. I mean, like the whole video was great, but that particular point, yeah. <laughs> I actually, it was a few years ago. I don't remember exactly what I said, but that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, Relevant yeah. to today. Sure. Yeah. And it seems like it's, it's only getting worse. And it, it also, I think is such an integral part of the path toward true freedom. And it's also completely compatible with true freedom, you know, like taking responsibility for yourself and your feelings. And also knowing that you're not responsible for other people's feelings. I can be compassionate, but at the end of the day, I'm not responsible for the person having a meltdown on my post. I'm sorry that you're upset, but also that's on you. I'm not responsible for how you react to me. And all of this to me is completely in line with individuality and individual sovereignty and freedom and anarchism because it comes down to personal responsibility. And Mm -hmm. I can blame the government all I want. I can blame the politicians. I can blame the people who support them. And yeah, sure, that's valid. Is that going to alleviate my suffering and anger at the state of the world? Probably not. It feels good to be right, you know, but that doesn't fix the world, nor does it. It just makes me cling harder to like these negative statist emotions that really feed the system. Even though I'm not advocating force, obviously, it's still, I don't want to live that way. You know, like freedom should, I don't want to say should, but freedom to me is a positive. It's a very liberating, happy thing that involves compassion and empathy. And, you know, it's kind of, inherently not compassionate to try to force your will on other people. You can't be empathetic at the same time you're putting a gun to someone's head and telling them that it's for their own good. You know, that's not empathy. So to cultivate real empathy, that's completely in line with non-aggression, with respecting other people's rights, without forcing them to do what you want. So I don't, I think a lot of people in our community and myself included some days, like we're very averse to feeling compassion. (laughs) You know, we're like, no, they're the problem. We, you know, they don't deserve my compassion. Compassion's a lie. It's only going to go, it's going to get you more tyranny. And it's like, well, that's a very black and white view of it. And it is, I'm, I'm telling you from experience, you can resist at the same time. You don't shut your heart down because what's the point of fighting for freedom if you're doing it from a place of like a defensive armored heart? I'm, I'm in this, I, I speak from the heart and yeah, I can be a bitch sometimes, but I'm not doing this like, yeah. And I'm obviously my ego creeps into it sometimes. We're all human, but I'm not doing it. I'm doing this because I love freedom, not because I hate the government, although I also hate the government, you know, like right. <laughs> I love freedom more than I hate it or hate the government. So I think it's important to think about a, approaching how we communicate from that lens. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect at it. I certainly am not, but um, right. it's maybe just something we could mix into to our dialogue within the community. Little yeah. effort goes a long way. <laughs> no, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And that's one of those, like the, the, one of the big pushes of this show, which we'll get to closer to the end is, you know, hope the white pill, finding the joy and being able to find uh, b- rebuilding out of what everyone is viewing as desperation, what looks like desperation right now. Um, and so it's one of those things I, I had to like really throw off my cynicism several years ago. I think it was was about 2016 where I was just like, okay, I'm done. And that meant I was done arguing with people. I was done debating people. Mm -hmm. I was there to have fun with people that I like, to have conversations or say things I believe. And then I believe in being Batman against the bad guys. 
Okay. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not there to be Superman and save the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I'm there to point out that they're the bad guys and to punch them while I'm doing it. <laughs> and so that's kind of how my brain works. And so I have. I'm. Uh, Jessica and I were talking about this earlier today. I'm very specific about who I will go after or bully mm-hmm. online, and right. that has to do with. Are, is this for me? I have like my little code of ethics, but it's like, is it a politician? Right. Free game. <laughs> is it a corporate journalist? Free game. Um, but then with regular people, I typically leave them alone unless they either attack me or they are currently calling for me to be harmed, imprisoned, etc. Right. Like there was one guy I just decided to go wild on yesterday <laughs> because he said that we needed to be put into re-education camps because we believed in gun ownership. <laughs> he, wasn't I was like, he for sure was not trolling well here's the thing i it, th- this this one was kind of within that uh is it pose law where you can't yeah. really tell you're not right. really sure right but they're he, getting he better and so, better yeah he went so hard against so many people i was like i think this guy may be a true believer right. because some of the stuff he said was just so was dumb enough to believe he actually carried that that mindset right, right. and so i was just like okay well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fight you because that's fun for me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's fun right. for me. Right. Um, but yeah, we were, we were talking about that earlier today is, you know, we want to have conversations that are worth having. We want to have conversations that are fun and lively right. and we can share stupid things as well as we love absurdity. Like that's like the niche is yeah. the absurd. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think, I don't think you're wrong at all. And one of the questions we've been asking people lately and i would I, th- I think i know what you're going which way you're going to go on this before i ask it okay um but we talked to we've talked to joshua smith uh who wants wants you to follow him on twitter by the way okay um which he lost his twitter account so i guess the new people. one just so you know i do not it stresses me out it gives me anxiety i check them like once a day and i skim them really fast and i'm like i can't so if I, i'm not ignore it's not personal it's for my own mental health just letting you guys know <laughs> we talked we talked to him we talked to jeff diest we talked to to clint from liberty lockdown who wants to know if you're single um and <laughs> he asking you to ask me he didn't he, he did not do that okay <laughs> It was a very, do you like Clint, Y or N, circle one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't talk about my private life publicly, so it's a mystery. That's what you get, Clint. Um, We we did tell him we'd ask, though. And we did our job. (laughs) You've done your part. Thank you. Walk down. That's my <laughs> But one of the the questions because you know Clinton and, and Josh Smith are kind of part of the LP mm-hmm. political paradigm thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Jessica are really more on the make yourself free, do your own thing, make the government, you know, nullify the government kind of deal. And then we had Jeff Dice, who's kind of like he's a very cool, very serious man, but he's kind of utilized the local, utilize the, the existing paradigm, et cetera. Right. So in your opinion, are you more along the lines of using the political system and being a part of it in any way? Or are you more of an alternative markets agorist-ish type person? I have a feeling your assumption about my answer would be as correct. So I'm definitely more on the agorist side, counter economics, okay. <laughs> build parallel structures that make government obsolete because the government's doing it itself. And I'm of the belief that mm-hmm. 
the more useless and inefficient and wasteful and violent and just like a caught animal cornered thrashing around trying to give its last fight up the more that happens the market is naturally going to provide alternatives so i you know i have hope in that but at the same time again like i used to be so black and white about everything and that doesn't work for me it's exhausting and it's it feels good for a while you know to be right about everything and like i actually just posted a meme on my instagram from uh, it's a game of thrones quote from barris and it's like that's the thing about fanatics you're always right and like (laughs) i and i felt that way for a very long time and obviously i believe the philosophy is right But if there are people who want to try to make a difference by using the state to reduce the state, do I think it's effective in the long run? Nah, not really. But hey, man, if you want to try, if you feel like that's worthwhile, you do that. If you want to vote for a local prosecutor who's not going to pursue nonviolent drug offenses, do that. I get that. If you want to vote for a proposition that's going to decriminalize cannabis or shrooms or whatever by all means do it like i actually was considering voting in the recall for gavin newsom <laughs> See. not not to vote for someone else not to pick someone else just to get rid of him you know but okay. i don't think I'm gonna do it, but i thought about how it. how yeah, fantastic sure. is that though let me let me cut in on this on this gavin newsom thing <laughs> yeah because first off hey they're gonna they're gonna do recall mm-hmm. did you hear there are two people that are gonna try to get the republican nomination one of them being caitlin jenner I heard about the, that. The other being Randy Quaid, aka Shittersful from Christmas Vacation. I don't recognize Dude. a word you just said. To be honest, I'm gonna have to look that up. Have you Dude. seen Have you seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. He's 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 related <laughs> to, to, to old movie. Name? The other Quaid. Dennis no, Quaid. No, That's the only Quaid he's, I know. He's related to Dennis Quaid. Okay. <laughs> um, you gotta yeah, see it, the way this dude looks now. <laughs> he looks he's very bearded very very bearded but you've got these two people that are like complete opposites physically both right. trying to get gavin newsom out and i think that's hilarious could we live in a better timeline no getting to watch that and i can't wait to call liberals transphobic for not voting for caitlin <laughs> Like why else? It's, why else it's would they not so vote beautiful. for her? Why would they vote for a white male, heteronormative <laughs> male, who apparently, and I can't confirm this because it was told to me secondhand. So before you repeat it or before you believe me, like search it yourself. But I was told that apparently is. Newsom has a reputation for being a cheater on his wife, like well, and like going after married like women, you know and. I don't know, but I think that says something about a person's integrity. And I don't have to cite his personal life to go after his integrity, you know? Like, and right. it's not even just COVID. It's so many different policies. I'm waiting until it gets a little closer to the to the recall vote to make a video about it, but there will be one because I've watched that. Oh, good. I yeah. will share the devil out of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's what's so funny is like, he's definitely been on my, my list when it comes to, um, like he's him and Cuomo are fighting for the top spot of who goes to Gitmo first. Right. You know, cause it, yeah. it's like the things that they have done. Like, and that's, what's crazy. Like I told you before the show, my brother lives out in California. Mm-hmm. And so early on, like he masked his two year old, mm-hmm. like he's, he's, uh, you know, believed everything that they said, which, you know, for the, for Susan of YouTube, coronavirus, virus, totally 100% everything you say it is. I believe you. Get vaccinated and wear five masks. We believe you. We trust the experts, okay? We only trust experts. (laughs) All of the experts at the same time. But 
since the beginning of it has been talking about how great of a job Newsom has done. And I was just like, what? How are you saying this? What was the name of the, the restaurant he went to? Something Laundry? French Laundry. French Laundry. It's a very fancy, yeah. bougie restaurant. Like, like <laughs> the homeless people on Skid Row are not getting donations from French Laundry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're not but getting that's anything. That's my mind. <laughs> Was like they yeah. were well, and, and that that's the thing. Uh, not him, but some other some of his friends. Uh, I would see them post on things, and they were straight up using their children as props mm. for this stuff, like to right. to spread the the gospel of Fauci. Right, and it was just like I am so glad I decided not to move out to Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what though okay let me obviously i'm biased because i'm born and raised in la which is there aren't that many of us you know because real angelina like, yeah i'm like a native like literally born and raised i went to school here i'm i'm planning to make a move out and it's, it's happening but as bad as the legislation is as bad as especially like the la mayor was on a whole power trip too i'd say just as bad as newsom just not with as much power because he only has la but there were so many people here not complying and they're like, that's the weird thing about LA and California is there are so many hippies. And even though they might be kind of like liberal minded when it comes to their bodies and their health, they're not, they're not down for this, you know, like yeah. even liberals who were, who were okay with the lockdowns at the start. I know of people who now there's like, absolutely not. It has gone on too long. And it also like, I went up to the Griffith observatory, which is kind of a tourist spot. I had a friend in town and, and there were cops up there and neither of us were wearing masks and they didn't say word to us. Like, they're just like, no, we're not doing this, you know? So like, yes, the policies themselves are absolutely atrocious. But as far as the COVID enforcement, I haven't seen that much of it. Okay. That being said, obviously, there were cops going out to like shut down businesses. There were actually, this is one of the worst. They were, um, and this happened right near me. There were, one of them did apparently. So restaurants had to shut down. They couldn't have people dining in. This was last year in the first few months. And so they were putting up signs just to say like, we're open, we have takeout. And then the city was going around finding them because they weren't up to code or they didn't have the permit to hang a sign from their restaurant to tell people they could order food. So like, it just, and the fact that people were okay with that, and it's not even that they were okay with it, but it's just sort of this like collateral damage thing. You know, it's not, yeah. they're like, oh, well that sucks. They shouldn't be doing that, but I would like to feel safe. So too bad. And it's the same mentality. Like my friend here, she, when, when we were banned on anti-media, she was telling, and this is a yogi, you know, someone who's like, so about peace and spirituality. And she was <laughs> telling him like, Hey, my friend, she's like an anti-war police accountability, blah, blah, blah. Like she's into all these things and she just got banned. And his response was, yeah, I mean, that's too bad, but basically something, something anti-Semitism. Like, yeah. like, well, I, I would like what? to feel safe from Jew haters. So she's just going to have to get banned. And it's like, dude, I'm half Jewish. You know, you don't see it like, not that I care, not that I advertise it, not that I'm practicing, not that I was raised that way. I was not, I never went to Hebrew school. I wasn't raised in any way, but kind of like culturally, you know, cause that's my family right. history, but just the ridiculousness of the fear overriding, honestly, just basic common sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but even it's interesting because I not, a, no one has said a word to me. I don't hike with a mask on. Why would I hike right. with a mask on? And I take my dog hiking a lot. Cause she's, she's a lot of energy. We have to go exercise. And right. 
not a single time. No one has said a word to me. People with masks on will even say hi to me. But her trainer, Rev's trainer, my dog's trainer, was telling me that he gets attacked like every single time. He's like, hmm. he's like this lady was calling me like a QAnon Trump supporter because I wasn't wearing a mask. What? And it's just like, is it because you're a white male? Like, is that why? Are you an easier target? I don't know. But and that's, and that's how I know that California is a completely parallel universe to where I'm living. Because right. for me, like, I've not, I mean, I look a little rough. Like most people probably aren't going to look at me and go, yeah, I'm going to talk to him about masks. Right. Also in Florida now, so it's not so right. bad. Right. Um, but my, like me and my wife hadn't had anyone say anything to us whatsoever because we just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And Sam's and all of that. And it's, we've talked about it. Jessica and I have talked about it with people before about how, how many people don't realize they can take off their masks. Right. Like, and so as soon when you walk in without one and I think 22 plus people I've seen. So, cause I started yeah. keeping count. We'll take them off when they see me right. because they go, mm-hmm. Oh, right. wow. And, you know, I've said before, you know, more courage is passed through a smile than you'd ever realize. Right. Um, but as soon as I walked away from my wife in Sam's one day, one time she has our, our newborn baby on her chest. She's wearing her and someone pops up to her. Some older lady comes up and says, why aren't you wearing a mask? Don't you want to, don't, don't you care about your baby? And I was How like, her? what? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, Sorry. no, it was just, it was just amazing to me. Cause I was like, wow, sexism. <laughs> right. I know. Cause they won't talk to me, but they will talk to her. Right. And they, she thought, need, oh yeah, it's yeah. going to kill the baby, the baby. Any video right. you see where someone is being confronted over not wearing a mask, it's usually a petite woman who is yeah. being like accosted by right. like, especially early on, there was that one video of this older man who was like doom stalking this woman through a Michaels. Like, oh and God. what he said was, why should we have to wear a mask and she shouldn't? So it wasn't about right. COVID or spreading the illness. It right. was, I'm following the rules. Why aren't you? And exactly. it was like, because I don't have to, bitch. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and um, the only thing I've ever had uh, happen to me is I heard someone mouth as they passed me because they didn't confront me, but they passed right. me. And I said, why do you think you're better than other people? And I looked back and I said, I think you're better than this too. Oh, that's and nice. We both <laughs> went our separate ways. Like we're, yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm better than you. I think we're all right. above this. And, right. you know, if I don't wear my mask and that gives you the courage not to wear yours. Cause I think a lot of people are feeling it out. They keep a mask in their pocket or they walk with it in their hand and they right. say, I'm going to feel it out. Right. And if they see people without it, it's going to give them the courage not to do it too. So right. I encourage everyone to pass courage around yes. in that way if you can. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. it's also, and what a wonderful things. way to handle that too. Sorry. I just want to say, you're good. Oh, did she freeze or did I freeze? She, she's a little frozen. Like you. Oh. Technical difficulties. So, um, hopefully, she'll well, bounce back in a second. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Carrie, I don't know if you could see us, but you're frozen. Okay, oh. I think you're back. Hold on. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> What a bummer, because we always have dudes on the show. I'm liking having a chick on the show for once. (laughs) Wait, can you guys hear me now? I can. Oh, hi. Am I back? Yes, you are back. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, 
Cam, you dropped out and then you, you were but, saying, okay, we're back. You, yeah, you were saying it's such a nice way to. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted out. to say that that was such a wonderful response from you, Jessica. Like you could have shamed him. Huh. You could have been mean. You could have been reactive. You could have, you know, but instead you chose to like lift him up at the same time. And I think that's so much more of what we need. So that is a wonderful thing to say. And if anybody says a word to me, that's what I'm going to say too. So thank you. That's very inspiring. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you give people the opportunity to be negative, that, like I was yeah. saying that thing yeah. you said about mir mirroring suffering is mm -hmm. so dead on for our, like politicized society right now. Because right. we're all like, uh, people are such a frayed wire. It's almost right. like we're looking for a reason to get into yeah. conflict. Exactly. You know, and like, Hey, I'm not your enemy. I'm not here to fight you. Right. Like, I don't, you know, even if I, like, I'm a, I'm a hardcore, uh, decentralizationist and secessionist. Right. And I don't, right. I don't even want war with the people that I want to separate from. I right. want us to peacefully separate. And so yes. we're not going to do that by making, um, you know, nasty swipes at each other. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, we got it. I say this is example. like just filmed a video taking nasty swipes at people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> No, they're not Some people earn that shit. <laughs> yeah, I've just been waiting for someone to have the gumption to say something to me so that I can just be mean to someone. But I haven't had the chance yet. It's not fair. <laughs> well, I was waiting for someone to say something neat to me so I could be like, hey, dude, by provoking me and forcing me to have a conversation, I'm now spraying aerosols at you. So if you are scared, <laughs> you are putting yourself in danger. And if that's worth it yeah. to you, you want to be a martyr. If that's how you want to be, by all means, go for it. But nobody says anything to me. I don't. Know. I don't know why. Maybe it's because my dog is so cute. They don't want to like provoke her. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I have. I have noticed, like I said, at least here, and you know, she said petite women get the brunt of it. But there is a, a some sexism. There's some some stuff that like I you know because you don't you hear people talk about sexism, especially on Twitter and other places, and it's like. That that's not what that's not the word you should be using for this right now. Right. But it's like this is legit, you know, sexist against women. Right. And I since I have two women here, I did want to ask a question of um, both of you really. Um, every time I'm on Twitter, and there's some drama or some kind of fight going on, there's always some woman who pipes up, regardless of how bad either party is and says that um, you can't fight against women. You need to support all women. How does that strike you? Because I know if someone said that to me about, you know, they were, we're men, we have to stick together. You have to support right. all men. I'd be like, um, no, fuck that guy. Right. That's a bad guy. I'm not going. So how does that strike you as a woman? Because I, I find that I would be pissed. <laughs> um, Who's gone first? You, you, you feel free. Cause I'm just okay. going to laugh. <laughs> I mean, okay. I like the sentiment. I like to, like, I have so many girlfriends. I love women. I'm so excited when I hear from women in this community. Like I want to be friends with all the girls. Like I'm all into that. However, however, that is such, and it's funny cause I just filmed a video about the inherent sexism of my body, my choice on the love. So it's funny. We're talking about uh, sexism, but um, it's so, I'm an individual. We're all individuals. Why right. would you try to collectivize us in that way? Not every woman is great. Not every man is great. It's kind of like a human thing. How about like, yeah. that just seems, I don't, and I, again, I like the sentiment. Like, yeah, I'd like to start out that way, but I'm not going to support women, AKA humans, individuals, right. people. I'm not going to support them if I think 
their argument sucks, or if I think they're being mean or cruel or manipulative or whatever. And again, this isn't just about women. It's just about people. So I go off. I just filmed literally a whole video. Like I've been, and it's something that's been rattling around in my brain for years. And I just got it off my chest and it was like really hot in my apartment. And I was just like raging. Cause I was like sweating. Like, my back was soaking. Like I want to be done. So I really, really went off. But um, yeah, that is, that is inherently it's sexist. And I don't think they're intending to be, I know it comes from a good place and obviously like a compassionate place. Like let's just be nice to people. I support that sentiment. Um, but yeah, I'm done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That would be kind of how I would break it down too. Is this is, I'm an individualist. Like right. Kamala Harris is a terrible hell pig who right. is just awful. Why would right. I be excited that that particular woman became vice president? Right. Like I, I can't, I mean, it's not how, I, 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 not how we want to get it ladies. That. It's not how right. we want to get the presidency. Right. Exactly. I, and I, like, I remember in 2016, a girl said to me, she was like, yeah, but like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be good for little girls to see that like a woman could be president? It's like, first of all, judge her by her merits, which are awful and putrid. Yeah. And she is a war criminal and just a vile sociopath, but also like, no, I don't want anybody to be in a position of violent control and authority. I don't think that's a good role model. Why would I want little girls to aspire to rule over people? That is not my idea. Like that doesn't embody femininity. Like I think that femininity and again, I'm going to have a whole video about this and I have a speech on, um, on it on YouTube from Anarchapulco. It's, it's called, why aren't there more women in the movement? Um, and it, I go into some of this, but, um, I envision or believe that feminine qualities include like gentleness and kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. And my contention is that men can have those qualities too. And women can have more masculine qualities. Like, and we kind of need that. Like we, we need yeah. to develop this all within ourselves. There's a duality and we need both of it. But point being like, I don't view, I'm not proud that there are women in Congress voting to kill people, you know, and obviously yeah. that's not what they're doing, but they're voting to go bomb innocent people overseas. <laughs> they're arming regimes that oppress women. I don't think that that's, that's on girl power. And it makes me like genuinely sick, actually, like talking, yeah. like you can see to my face. I'm like, Ugh, I feel ill thinking about it. Have you guys, have you guys noticed how whenever Joe Biden app appoints someone to a new cabinet now, they say this lesbian woman, this transgender woman, whatever. And I was like, well, gee, you could have said her name and her qualifications, yeah, right? but instead right. you mentioned her genitalia situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, seems like an odd way. Yeah, right? stop objectifying <laughs> me, man. Like that, right. and that's sort of. I'll I'll give a little preview because um, this video was actually. If you've ever heard of Angela Keaton, she planted this idea in my brain years ago. She runs antiwar.com. She is amazing, super smart, and she was the first person who gave me, gave me this idea. But it's actually the entire notion of like progressive democratic status feminism is predicated on reducing women to their body parts. It's like my body, my mm -hmm. choice, keep the government out of my vagina, birth control, abortion, like all of this limits me to my reproductive organs. And that's, that objectifies me. That's extremely sexist, especially when alongside that you're saying, well, no, you don't get to choose about how you spend your money. You just have to fund these things that I want you to fund. Like, so you within my body is my mind. I've used my mind and my consciousness to reason that this morally offends me. I don't want to participate. I don't consent. And it's too bad. The only thing you really get to choose is an authoritarian ruler to make choices for you or your pussy. You get to make choices about your pussy and that's it. And it like, <laughs> it, and nobody sees it. Well, people see it, but the people that I'm addressing don't see it. And it's, again, it's because they're programmed that way. They don't view that 
like they think that voting is actually very pro-choice, you know, but like um, it's just so inherently sexist. And it's so funny because they think that they're fighting these things and they're perpetuating it so badly in such a disturbing way. And just one last thing I'll say, because I'm rambling now, but something that really stands (laughs) out to me, someone told me once is a distinguish, like to distinguish between uh, power with versus power over. And the goal should be power Mm -hmm. with, but so much of this resistance and so much of modern feminism and whatever ism you want has nothing to do with power with and honoring the other and finding common ground. It's strictly about power over and it comes from such a vengeful and I don't want to say megalomaniacal place, you know, cause like, I don't want to assign that to them, but ultimately it is, it's about taking, it's not even taking back control. It's about seizing control and running with it and making other people submit as a form of like revenge. And that, again, yeah. that's not femininity to me. And it's just, it's like women trying to perpetuate what could be considered toxic masculinity, which yeah. is a whole other conversation. I'm going to have a whole video on that too, but, and I'm, <laughs> I love men. I'm not here to, to, to say men are the problem <laughs> or they're toxic or whatever, no. but it's, yeah, there is genuine sexism, even within like the liberty movement, which talks oh, about, yeah. you know, individualism, and it gets papered mm-hmm. over because you don't want to seem like you're being oversensitive about things. Right. And mm-hmm. like you can't take a joke. And then it sort of like gives a pass to some of these things. So I think right. that's actually an important topic to discuss. And there is a lack of women in this movement. There's reasons for that. So maybe if yep. we actually like we're honest and addressed to those reasons right. without like reducing it to, well, you're too sensitive to take a joke, we might actually welcome more women into this movement. Right, exactly. Is it a good balance? Because we have different qualities than men, which mm-hmm. we might be able to bring to the table and, and right. could bear fruit for our movement. So exactly. I agree with you 100%. I, I'm looking forward to these videos, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I think they're needed. And- yeah. And we need both. That's the thing. Like, that's what I've arrived at. There's this like girl power, girls run the world. And it's like, well, aside from the, the gross statism of that statement. Right. Exactly. It's like, well, no, like there's a yin and a yang. There's a balance and both are out of whack right now, you know, because humans are out of whack right now. It's not that women are messed up or men are messed up. It's that humans are struggling. And yeah, there's going to be some gender specific attributes to, to people suffering in their experience. But ultimately, I don't, I don't see us getting anywhere unless we find a way to have power with instead of power over. And I think mm-hmm. the zealots on any side are so stuck on the power over because that's been conflated with empowerment. And those are very, very different things. Man, spot on. <sighs> well, that's, that's what's so funny is like you're talking about like, how oh, shit. the feminist uh, conception of it, 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 I don't know why this made me think of it, but you're talking, you talk about how it seems to be pushing women towards the, the toxically masculine. Mm-hmm. And it I made, agree. I don't know why, but it made me think of, um, in particular, like drag queen culture, which I don't know a lot about. But what I do know is that it's like the most caricatured, offensive, it's toxic femininity yes. that they, they kind of go after. And it's just, an, I don't know why I mentioned this. I'm just putting it out there. That made me think of that for some reason. It seems to be some form of true misunderstanding of the other gender where right. this stems from. Right. And so apparently with feminism, it's misunderstanding themselves or being listening to what they've been told. I don't <laughs> School me. I don't know. Right. Well, you know what's funny is I actually, a very long time ago, 
when I first started caring about what was going on in the world, I actually came out. I was interning at a film studio and I was reading all these scripts and I was watching these young actresses coming in and I was watching the VP just like inviting aspiring actresses in. I had no intention of booking her for a role. He just thought she was hot and wanted to talk to her. And I just felt so gross about it. And there was a very qualified yeah. exec, like she ran the department. And this is like, I'm not going to say the name because they never responded. I asked them once if I could like say where I worked, like, cause I had signed an NDA and nobody responded. So I'm not going to say what studio it was, but it wasn't like one of the evil Epstein studios. It was actually a very quality studio. And even there, there was this woman and she had brought in, she was behind like some major blockbusters and she brought in a huge, actually very anti-authoritarian film when I was working there, interning there, unpaid internship. But the people in the department were so mean to her when she wasn't there, you know, like they would just be so, and she was the only female executive there. And it was through that experience. And it was the same summer that I was waking up to Ron Paul and I was starting to get political and I was becoming very anti-authoritarian and anti-Obama. But I actually started from a place of like, oh man, girls got it rough in this culture, you know, like it's really difficult. <laughs> and I'm from LA. Like I grew up completely indoctrinated into all of these very toxic feminine qualities, believing it was empowerment, you know, like, and believe me, I love makeup. I love fashion. I love these things. I'm super girly. I, but that doesn't mean that they didn't take up, like they took, they took up too much space in my life and my identity. And it was, anyway, I started writing a book about this and it was getting into all the things we're talking about, but I hadn't yet gone down the full anarchist road. So I am going to have to rewrite the entire book. But I want to make it more about like personal autonomy because I think they all tie together because ultimately all these values are very collectivist of like, oh, women should be this way or shouldn't be this way. And it's, there's actually, oh, it makes me, there's a billboard in LA that I see all the time. And it says uh, like women should learn, girls should learn history and they should make it too. And it's like, well, who are you to say? Like, and I studied, my major was history in college. Like, yes, history is very important, but like people should learn history. People should make history. And I get it. Like there are obviously parts of the world where girls and women don't have access to, to education or to, to roles where they can actually make a difference. But I just find that entire notion of like, this overarching cultural authority telling girls how to be empowered and what they should do. Like the squad in Congress, like that's the role model. The women who are advocating violent aggression to mold the world the way they want. I'm sorry. I'm not impressed. And I don't think that that's empowerment. So I have a lot to say. We'll spend a lot of time in this world. (laughs) No, it's crazy to me that feminism will spend so much time um, hammering the concept of consent. Right. Especially when it comes to like sex, mm-hmm. but it cannot seem to like stretch that concept beyond that level. And so exactly. we don't understand why doing any of these other things that the state does to people violates their consent and why that's so right. terribly wrong. But suddenly right. when we're not in the bedroom, consent doesn't matter anymore. And exactly. that always struck me as like a painful, um, mm-hmm. blistering con- contradiction. Right. Like how, how, how do you reconcile this? And no, no one to this day has given me an answer. No, they don't. And to me, that's inherently sexist. Again, like you're objectifying me. You're saying that I only get, and you think you're empowering me, but you're saying that the only thing I'm qualified to make decisions about is my vagina. Like that's like quite paternalistic, (laughs) dude. And I, it's like a manipulative paternalism because you're like giving me the freedom that women were denied for so long throughout history. But then you're saying that like my consciousness doesn't matter. (laughs) Like what? Like you're telling it. I've been, I've been going on about this for years. So I'm going to try to get the video (laughs) done quickly because I'm, 
I'm seething. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. This is a topic. I mean, especially in the way that women relate to, because our concerns are, uh, you know, unique to us. Right. And uh, yeah, this is a, a sorely needed thing to to discuss. And I am here for your content. <laughs> I'm here for Please yours. Please produce that. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you are physically at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I've, I've had arguments with my wife recently, not bad arguments, just like, you know, arguments because I've seen what feminism has done to women, but I've also seen what it has done to boys. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen, what they've said about boys, what they've, how they've destroyed the, like some of the guys that you see coming up now that are, you know, younger than I am. There's some, there's some shit that they've, they have to deprogram themselves from and it's horrible. And so when I hear the word feminism, I bristle. And so it's like, we, we, we've kind of talked about, and I'm just like, that that's the conversation I've had with her a few times is like, I'm an individualist. So I'm not going to call myself a feminist or a masculinist, meninist, whatever you want. I believe in human beings and individuals and not all human beings. Some of them can just go away (laughs) forever. Um, One of those, you live in Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure my arch nemesis lives in Los Angeles. (laughs) Who is it? Maybe I'm friends with them. Um, my it? arch nemesis is a decorated actor. He once took a trip to Mordor. He played football as a character named Rudy. It's Sean Astin, and I, I hate him. I'm fucking Astin. Do you know who, you, <laughs> this is? He this plays is Samwise. Who that is? <laughs> well, that's good. But yeah, I literally um, don't know who a celebrity is because it's like. <laughs> It's just my yeah. internal win over celebrity culture. It brings culture. me joy. It That's brings right. me joy. Well, I have personal beef with Sean Astin because he dropped my motorcycle and then pretended he didn't drop my motorcycle. Mm, so shady. I don't like him. Yeah. Um, but I, every time I mention TikTok, my line after that is, I have a TikTok because I'm hip. It's a lie. I'm not hip. I'm just on there to hang out with David um, from the morning drive with David almost purely (laughs) (laughs) and the other day he posted this video and it it, there's this um filter where if you put a picture of someone in it will morph your face into it and the joke is you do this and it shows you what celebrity you look like it doesn't actually you preload it okay and so i made a i didn't know that this yeah, I made a TikTok off of this, and it was just an inside joke about how much I hate Sean Astin. And I thought maybe Jessica would like it. Maybe anyone on this show ha- that's heard my hatred of Sean Astin would like <laughs> it. But so far, I had to leave this open so I could tell you the number. 286,000 people have watched it. Um, there are 20,000 likes. I've I went from like maybe... 30 or 40 followers to 3,848 since oh, I damn. played this. There you go. Spread the good word of liberty <laughs> to the unsuspecting method. But here, I, I do want to show you this video. Maybe you can find the humor without knowing how much I hate this guy. But I, I did want to show this today just because it's blowing my mind because usually I, I barely use TikTok. Now if I open it, it's always 99 plus notifications. And so here's, 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 here's that video that more than a quarter of a million people watched for some reason. 
What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes? I should do that. And that's, that's it. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> and so now I have all of these followers and they don't even know that I'm like, they have not scrolled back to see my, my joke about owning guns and the, right. <laughs> that and the other, I can't imagine they'll, they'll stick around, but I just had to but share some that. Will. I, some will. Yeah. And that's the that's beauty. True. And I think that that's so, I don't know how to do this. I'm not great at it, but I think it's fascinating and so effective to reach people through culture. And that's yeah. effectively mm -hmm. what you just did. You just drew in thousands of people just through a cultural joke. And now, yeah, you'll lose some because they're going to be scared of guns or whatever. But some are going to stick around and some are going to have their views challenged and some are going to end up agreeing with us. So good job. Gold stars. Well, the, I think the best part about it is now I can say, yeah, I have TikTok because I'm hip. And it's right. true now. It's no longer a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to share that because I... I hate Sean Astin. This is a Sean Astin <laughs> hate podcast. And, um, we've converted many people. I think we've converted more people to Sean Astin hate than liber, uh, you know, libertarianism or anarchism, rather. Well, um, and that's the more important mission anyway, right? We got to get people so. to hate this actor. I can't. Sean yes. Astin? Ashton? Sean Astin. I Astin. love that you don't know who yeah. he is. Mm. And you live in. Los I don't even recognize his face. <laughs> so he was in Stranger Things. Care. He played. He played oh, the stepdad in Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. that was, that was a his nice most recent character he played. Yeah, he played. Yeah, I was just character. happy when he died at the end. <laughs> the ones that the ones that played the nice guys, those are the ones to watch out for. I've got yeah, my suspicions seriously. about uh, Tom Hanks. I'm watching oh, out for same. that guy. Oh yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's too nice. Too yeah. nice. Absolutely. This is a good question from <laughs> Quest. Um, has anyone seen the film The Red Pill? Have y'all either of you seen this? I haven't. Mm -hmm. It was. A documentary by a girl named Cassie J. I just know this information off the top of my head. You're welcome, Quest. Um, but she was looking to do a documentary because she was a super strong feminist and she hated the meninist, men's right activist kind of things. And mm -hmm. she went to to explore that. And by the end of it, she was a men's right activist. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that actually sounds familiar. I feel like I have heard of this. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. So That's good. If, if you have a chance to watch it, do so it's it's very interesting to watch uh thanks for the for that quest um but yeah so yeah i don't there's i am trying to understand i'm still i'm 32 years old i think um i have five children and i'm still trying wow. to figure out how women work so I'm, I'm gl <laughs> it's a new mystery every day with myself that's right. <laughs> like what the hell is this now <laughs> but again that's just people like men go through that too it's just you know and just to speak of of what feminism has done to men because you mentioned that before we got on yeah. the very 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 important sean astin topic it was i just want to it's something you know and i don't want to overstep here because i'm not a man that's not my experience but something i've observed because people love to talk about toxic masculinity and that's the root of the problem but i think so much of that and this is again this is just a human thing i think it comes from this very historical and still very present cultural belief that men aren't allowed to express emotion like the only culturally acceptable emotion for men to express is anger 
And then people yell at them. And it's like, well, what do you think is under the anger that they weren't allowed to express? And that's what's so frustrating about this feminist movement is it's like, well, if you really want to tackle this, you need to give them compassion. You can't demonize them for having feelings and wanting to be heard. And the more you force their emotions down, the more it will come up as anger, as as dominance over, as power over. And it's so funny that it's like, ladies, if we just gave them the qualities that are come to us easily, like that actually is a feminine privilege in our culture is we're allowed to feel things. We're allowed to cry. We're allowed to be upset. We're allowed to be, you know, like I cry every day. Well, not every day, but I cry a lot, you know, (laughs) and I probably wouldn't if I were a man. (laughs) Like, and I don't. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. But I bet you could, if like you were in a safe space where you were allowed to feel feelings, I'm not going to make assumptions about your emotional state, but in general, if men had a safer space to actually express themselves and feel heard and acknowledge these ramifications that people are so up in arms about, I think would be a lot less severe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a very good family. And so like, I'm, I, I I always grew up with the ability to cry with the, you know, space to, I mean, I, I've, cried at beautiful things like I've, mm-hmm. I've done that but it's like it's one of those things I also just don't like doing so I I try not to it's messy <laughs> but also salt water in the beard um, but no it's it's that's what's interesting though is there men also seem to fill a different purpose a lot of times when it comes to the emotional thing because like my brother is way more open emotionally than I am and it's not that I'm like closed off and I have things all around me. It's that I just, I'm in that mindset of I'm the one who's going to take care of these things. So like when my, when my dad died and had all of this stuff happen, I was just like stone cold there getting everything done and everyone else was able to have their, their things. And then I'm like, when I get to the point where I feel comfortable doing this, I will address this myself later. Right. But it was like in that moment, they, none of them understood me. A lot of them, and and I also have this thing about um, uh, easing my pain with dark humor. Like that's a big a big thing for me. And so I was like really scared of the funeral because I'm like I'm gonna say something, and it's gonna make me <laughs> laugh, and it's gonna make right. me feel better, but everyone else is gonna hate me. Um, but it but that was the thing. It, like I served a very specific function, and I think that that's a a healthy thing. It's it's like, yes, men should be able to embrace their emotions and that kind of part of the the human person. But at the same time, we are wired to get shit done. And I think that that's also, a, I mean, I, I think that, I think that's part of like the difference between men and women in my experience. It's not that women can't get shit done, <laughs> but that it's, it's a lot easier to, to be able to take at least shifts in breakdown or in frustration or whatever where one can be strong the other can be can have their moment of vulnerability and so it's 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 a like you said it's a yin yang it's right and and it doesn't mean that i'm not saying that like oh men have to feel their feelings like you can't force (laughs) anything if you try to if you go into like feeling your feelings with a goal of like i need to do this and then you're you're doing it wrong. And I want to say there's no wrong way to do it, but like trying to force yourself into feeling something, that's not what I mean. But in a sense of like, like when it arises, I think that men are more culturally conditioned and maybe even biologically conditioned. I don't know. I'm not an anthropologist or a biologist or whatever. I'm just observing what goes on around me. I think men are more conditioned to shut that down for the purpose of getting things done Mm -hmm. or just because they're programmed to be like, well, there's no room for that right now. Things have to get done, you know? Um, But it's not to say like, oh, men have to, 
men have to get more in touch with their emotions. No, but like men could definitely stand to have more compassion from each other, from women, from other humans. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point we're driving home here is like, yeah, there are always going to be differences between men and women, but we're still human. That's right. You know, and like when it comes just to bring it back to statism, like, yeah, statism is populated and perpetuated by both men and women. And it's a Mm -hmm. human thing. And it's, that's what I'm going for. And I'm tired of all the categorizations and collectivism. And I don't just let me be an individual. Okay. Like I express myself I want and leave me alone and don't make me pay for things I don't want to pay for. And don't use guns (laughs) to control me. I feel like that's not so much to ask for a man or a woman. Yeah. I do want to mention Quest said Cam must must have a lot of pain. He has great humor. (laughs) You say it. But Truth it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who else had a very, well, I'm not saying you had a very traumatic life, but Mark Twain actually endured so much pain and suffering in his life. Makes and look sense. what he did with it. He was hilarious. He was like the best satirist in American history. Mm-hmm. So that's how he channeled his pain. Beethoven was deaf. And I can never like escape that fact. Like the man who couldn't hear anything wrote the ninth symphony like yeah. to un- you have to understand pain at a yeah. uh, at a certain level to to reach beauty like that right. i think right you know and um i definitely recommend everybody watch immortal beloved that's um the fictional movie telling of beethoven's story Ooh, uh, nice. he's, an ama- he's an amazing person you guys should look into him <laughs> and i will say <laughs> that if you want to grow up to be i don't know how it works with women they might be different but if you want to grow up to be a funny man, you either have to be the scrawny runt or like me, the portly lad who people people would decide to try to throw stuff at me. And I was like, oh, I'm about to destroy you with my words. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Help. If you want to be funny, you got to I do. I, I've always thought that that it was weird that people say, well, if you want to be funny, you have to have pain. And I think that there's some truth to that. But then there are those people who are like, I want to be a comedian. Better do some heroin. Right. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? No, don't do right. that. <laughs> right. My dad did that for me. I don't have to. I can just be the the, the fat kid. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> I've been at some point, my little impressions of Donald Trump have become legitimate hand motions that I do. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm not happy. I'm not happy with right. it. Right. Dude, you have an idea how many times a day I say, come on, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, stop, Carrie. I can't get it out of my head. And for years, it was, um, what difference at this point does it make? Like, I would always say that to myself, just like in my day-to-day life. And I still think of it, but I'm like, oh, get it out. You have like sociopath reptilian dialogue in your head. You're talking to yourself in the language. But it's so funny because I'm like making fun of them in my head. But still, it's yeah. funny how we pick things up like that. Well, for me, every time someone mentions China, I go, China. (laughs) Because most people try to go, China. But he's not saying China. He's saying the second half of the word vagina. China. (laughs) And you need to write, if you want to do a Trump, you got to throw that G in there, that soft G that's not in front of the word GIF. It's not a GIF. I'll fight you over this. Um, So... You're not doing the so. I thought when I looked at the anti media website, there were still stories that were coming up there. There might be. So we we aggregated stories. I thought that they had stopped even doing that in the last year or so. But I know that right after we were banned, they continued to aggregate stories from around the web because 
what we had tried to do, you know, in the final phase of anti-media, not knowing what was the final phase, we had tried to build a website that it was sort of a hub for independent media and independent news. So it wasn't just our content. We were trying to be a platform just to share other reporting, other news organizations. So I think the site is still oriented that way. It'll be like our news, their news, your news or something. Um, And so I think it would have come up under, if you saw it, it would have been under like their news because I think they were still posting things, but I'd be surprised that they were still doing it. Good for them if they are, but it's definitely, it's no original content from us. Okay. Yeah. The last one was from April 23rd. It was from antiwar.com, which you should be reading anyway. I mean, Scott Horton is one of the most fun people I've talked to. He's the best. He's brilliant. He's He's so knowledgeable. So like, so relatable. Like the way he explains very complex information. It's, I saw him speak in Texas at float fest just last month and it was incredible. He was just talking about like inflation and war and how the two are related. And I was like, I mean, I've, I've worked for fee. I I was like, I, I was an editor for Fee for Anti-Media and I got such a good education in economics, but the way he explained it was still, it was just like, it was riveting and enlightening. And I, I, I'm like, I just want to read Scott Horton all the time. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Fee, I, I didn't know that you were involved with Fee, but they are like a huge white pill for me a lot of times because I'll see, yeah. I had as yeah. a leftist, a very um, negative view of the state of the world. And, you know, oh, it's overpopulated. Right. Oh, all the forests are burning down. And 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 Fee does a really good right. job of putting things in perspective and understanding that we're yeah. actually like at the best time of human history for humans right. ever. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. follow Fee. And and hopefully they're still putting out. I haven't read an article from them they in are. a while, but yeah. when I when they're, I was they're first, very active. When I was first walking away from leftism, that they were a, a huge stepping stone for me. And I'm very grateful to them. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm, they gave me a job too, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was great because actually their director of content, his name's Dan Sanchez. Look him up. He's wonderful. He's brilliant. Great writer, powerful writer. He had written for anti-media and that's how I got connected to them. He wrote some very hard-hitting, hard-hitting pieces on war and imperialism and the police state. And so that's how I got connected with them. But the cool thing about Fee is it was started by a man named Leonard Reed, I think in the 40s, mm-hmm. and he was a hardcore statist. And he ended up, he was working for some government bureau, I think in California, I could be wrong, but somewhere working for a bureau and he met a businessman. And like in one conversation, this businessman blew his mind about government and economics. And he ended up founding Fee and his famous pencil, his famous essay, I pencil. Now I think this is true. I think I fact checked it. I was told this by someone who worked for Fee, but you have to fact check it yourself. Apparently he came up with the idea for I pencil when he was on shrooms. So he was having this psychedelic trip and it just occurred to him, oh my goodness, it's this like interconnected web of human behavior and it's beautiful and positive. And that's why I brought it up because they are so much oriented toward like, well, what's the good and what works, mm-hmm. what doesn't work, but right. what, what what's working, you know, what creates wealth? And so, yeah, Dan Sanchez is awesome. I just saw Quest comment. Yeah, check him out, check Fee out. They have a lot of great educational content that's just very relatable. Oh, I love John. Yeah, he is one of my bosses. He's amazing. <laughs> and Brad Brad came on after me, I think, but he's he's a great writer too. So check them out because it's not just doom and gloom. It's very much solutions oriented. And it's also so right. essential because really you see all of these big government policies and it stems from economic ignorance. 
And yeah. it's, you know, I don't, that's kind of mean to say like, oh, well, if you disagree with me, you're just ignorant of economics, you know, but like <laughs> so many of the policies that actually cause harm and have, they place the biggest burden on poor people and keep them poor and prevent them from upward mobility. They stem from well-intentioned ignorance, really. Yeah. 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 And so and, at, at this point, I'm sure that you're getting hungry and I want to make yourself hungry. dinner. Um, so I almost, <laughs> I almost forgot, but she said white pill. And that's the big question of our show is right now we live in a world that everyone perceives as dark and yeah. destructive and awful. And there's, a, there are a lot of black pilled people out there, but Ooh. we are white pill people. We believe in sharing white pills, even if they're small ones, personal ones mm -hmm. that you can microdose. Mm -hmm. Like that <laughs> is, that is, that is our push. And yeah. so um, I, I always go through this explanation, but um, is there something either in your life, it doesn't have to be macro, government, global, et cetera. Is yeah. there something in your life, something politically, something you're seeing in the world right now that you would consider a white pill, something that you would consider sharing with our audience and to give them that little bit of hope that they may need to keep pushing forward in their life? Yeah, I'm going to go with something personal because um, all I ever talk about is politics. And what I want to share is we were talking about like these qualities of compassion and kindness and care and like how that is probably, you know, you can hold those things and feel those things at the same time you're not giving way to status and, you know, violent aggressors and blah, blah, blah. But mm. I want to share how I got to that because it didn't start with me looking out at the world and being like, oh, I, I need compassion for these people. It actually started with myself. So I'm sure many people can relate to this. Like my inner dialogue was not nice. I was yeah. very mean to myself. If you pause on it at any given moment throughout your day and you hear the way you talk to yourself, chances are there's going to be like some meanness in it. There's going to be some... Mm like uh denigration a really. yeah yeah a exactly we all have very busy minds and a lot of the time they're telling us you're not enough you're wrong you're bad you're stupid how dare you you know and i've struggled with this a lot and this has nothing to do with government or statism and i love my parents and they love me but like we're human beings and suffering is a part of life so i just want to share that i went from a place of like not just like not caring for myself and not loving myself but like actively hating myself like being like, you suck as a person, Carrie, and you are not deserving of love. <laughs> like I went from that place, which was very miserable. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I know I'm not alone yeah. in feeling that way. It no. is possible to be kind to yourself and to cultivate compassion and care for yourself. And I think this is so essential, not only because it'll help us be kinder to other people and that'll help us build the world that we want to see, but first mm -hmm. and foremost, because you deserve it. Because you're a human being deserving of love. And I know there are going to be people who are like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, like, they're, <laughs> like they're, their knee jerk reactions is going to be like, no. And some people aren't, you know. But the reason you might feel that way is probably because they behave in a way that actually stems from a lack of self love. Yeah. And it's not their fault that they were raised that way. Like, I received certain messages growing up that made me believe, well, I don't deserve love. I'm not enough. And I just think that it's so in line with our philosophy, self-sustainability, caring for yourself in the material world, why would you not care for your emotional world, you know? And like, it's not fun to live in a world where you're at war with yourself, you know? And no, we're not yeah. talking physical aggression, but when you're constantly just like, when you can't accept yourself, it's really hard to find acceptance externally. And I'm not saying I'm like happy every second of every day. Absolutely not. I was in such a mood filming 
It's like having a tantrum with myself. <laughs> like I was like, I can't do this. And then I had to pause and be like, okay, like what's going on here? Let's feel our feelings. Like, and I, I get sad. I get frustrated. I'm not saying these feelings never occur, but it is absolutely possible. And I'm saying I, I've struggled, struggled with anxiety, depression, like just like really dark, difficult feelings. And I'm just saying it's possible with practice and care to cultivate a sense of peace and acceptance in your life. And that, again, doesn't mean you're always going to be happy. There are going to be difficult emotions. But when you're able to cultivate that deeper sense of care and alignment with yourself, those difficult emotions are a little bit easier, not easier, but it's you're able to bear them without identifying as much with them because you know, they're not you. And I'm saying all these things and yeah. it's like a very nice word salad, but for some tangible advice on this, I highly recommend podcasts by a woman named Tara Brock. It's B R A C H. She's not an anarchist. She's not a libertarian. So you can practice compassion. If she says status things, that's what I have to do, but she's really <laughs> good at breaking down what I'm talking about in a very accessible and just loving way. And she's funny and she has little jokes and stories and she's just, it's really hard like to be mean to yourself when she's walking you through it. Cause eventually like the meanness will come up as she's walking you through it. And then she walks you through that, you know? So it's just, mm. you can go to her website, tarabrock.com and scroll her podcast. You'll probably find something that resonates and just check it out and go from there. And if you think like, if you do a podcast and you're like, I still hate myself, that's okay. <laughs> like That's fine. Um, <laughs> just keep trying and know that you're not wrong for feeling this way. You're not bad. I'm sure there's probably a very good reason you have this belief about yourself. And yeah. it's also possible to cultivate compassion for that without letting it run the show and like be in the driver's seat. So that was a very long winded way of saying like <laughs> care for yourself emotionally. It is possible to do. And I'm living awesome. proof because I came from a very, 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 very dark place. <laughs> and I actually, like, I like life now and I still get sad yeah. and I still cry, but uh, I think it's worth it. And I have cultivated at least enough like remedial skills. I'm still very new to this work, but I at least have enough skills to, to care for myself when I'm having a hard time. And I think that's really essential in the bigger picture as well, not just for yourself, but for changing the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just have to say, we think you're wonderful. I've, oh, I think um, you guys are wonderful too. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was one of those things that like, I, 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 like I said, I was, I'd seen your face on things and then I was like, I need to watch some of her videos because I haven't watched or listened to like anything for a long time. Cause I, did I mention the number of children that I have? <laughs> yeah, you got a reason. <laughs> um, and so, you know, sitting down today and I was just like, damn this, I, I get it. I get this. I get, I get why she's popular. I get this. So I, uh, I have a stupid video that ironically, not really ironically, I don't guess, but it ties into our conversation in such a beautiful way. So I want to play that. But um, after we watch that, I'll, I'll give, tell everyone where to find you and where to find us and all the rigmarole. But there are these old videos. I thought about them today of a guy who goes through like Yahoo answers or Quora posts and looks at different ways people have asked questions in like the dumbest way possible. And so, <laughs> oh yeah. So this is one of this is one of the good ones, okay. but it's about a it's a lot of people who don't understand the female body, and I just feel like that ties oh, no. in so perfectly. Okay. Um, so this this is this guy looking up uh, Yahoo Answers about pregnancy. <laughs> Am I pregnant? Am I pargant? Am I pregnant? Am I pegnate? Is there a possibility that I'm? 
pregnant? Am I pregnant or am I okay? Could I be pregnant? How do I know if I'm pregnant? Can I be pregnant? Can you get pregante? Can you bleed while you are pergert? Can you down a 20 foot water slide pegnat? How can I get my GF pregnant? What happened when get pergnat? How can a nine year old get pregnant? Will my get pregnant? What is the best time? to sex to become oh pregnant. Does anyone know how many teens get pregnant a year? Are these systems of being pregnant? Girlfriend ain't had periods since she got pregat. Is it possible having sex to a eight months pregnant? If a woman has starch marks on her, wait. If a woman has starch masks on her body, does that mean she has been pregnant before? Period question mark. My circle is normal, but yet I still don't get pregnant. What can I use? Period question mark. Has anybody got pregnant by just pre-cum while using birth control? Did most women feel pregnant before find out? I am pregnant last five weeks, so can I start sex? Danger ops, prangent sex. Will it hurt baby top of his head? Me and my boyfriend are tying to get prefnat and you haven't took my birth control in 12 days? 38 plus two weeks? Pregnant? I think my dog is pregnant. Can I get bringed if I he had a condom on? How long can Ugo being pregnant to get an abortion? I think I'm pregnant with my 14th child. I just like to remind everyone that these people vote. <laughs> Democracy is oh a sham. So with that, if you with want that. to find the beautiful, wonderful Miss Carrie Wedler, she is on Twitter. She doesn't use it much, but she's there at Carrie underscore Wedler. Oh uh, she's also she's also on Instagram at Carrie Wedler no underscore. No underscore. Um, <laughs> and if you want to, to watch her wonderful videos, just search her name in YouTube. C-A-R-E-Y-W-E-D-L-E-R. She's wonderful. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> you, you are invited back anytime. I'll probably try to abuse this relationship. I just want you to know that. Um, it was great chatting with you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Nice I'll talk you. to you soon. Nice to meet you yeah. too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. Are you okay, Jessica? I'm legitimately like I have human tears in my eyes. Like I have two more of those videos, and I think I'm going to use them for the next two shows because they make me so happy. Perginot. <laughs> So, guys, um, don't forget to like and subscribe since you're yes. here. <laughs> if you want more of this, if you want us to get you Perginot, you have to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. If you want to find me on Twitter at Cam Harless, if you want to find this 12th century peasant on Twitter at Soup Canarchist, uh, we have a locals. It is not exciting yet. It could be. If you joined, I put them, it's like $2. Like I, I made it as cheap as possible. Um, I'm not, I, I would love to make some money, but that's not the point. The point is I want to hang out with you people and I want to do it in a place that I don't get zucked. So if you want to do that, join us there. 
Um, we also have t-shirts, which look at this. It's a tank top. Look at that. Mm. It's so Florida, man. Mm. Oh, dude, I'm just going <laughs> to lean into it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. When I got to Florida, one of the first things I did was go, I need shorts. I don't have any shorts. Those jeans have holes in them. Jorts. So you have to get the uh, armhole cut all the way down to the very bottom no, of the shirt. No, I'm not going to do that. What makes it a truly Florida man tank top? <laughs> not, not once, not never. Um, <laughs> if you want, oh, I need to show you that video if you don't know that one. I've got to remember okay. that. Um, <laughs> if you want to listen to us instead of watch us, that's dumb. Watch us instead. It's so much more fun. Um, but you can go to wearethemadones.com and listen there, any podcatcher, or you can listen to our show, the rest of the great uh, liberty-minded podcasts on the planet, and our own, our four other original shows over at mlganetwork.com. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, hit the bell icon so that, you know, you're going to see what I put on Twitter, but if you don't hit the, if you hit the bell, as soon as I put up the next episode, you're going to see it pop up and say, Hey, Cam put something up for live. Do that. Um, that's youtube.com slash the mad ones. We're also on odyssey. I, I share the link every week in the show notes. It's much easier to do because it has my old Twitter handle as the, um, the handle on that. I don't love it. I'll give you links. Um, beyond that, we have a wonderful sponsor in Lorenzotti Coffee. Tell tell the people about how delicious these beans are. Are you drinking them okay. right now? I am. I know it's 11 o'clock at night, but the beans just smell so good that I am literally endangering myself from not getting a good night's sleep because I want to <laughs> drink this coffee. And like legitimately, <laughs> even if they weren't our sponsor, I only I only bought some of that coffee because... They were, we were going to sponsor them and I didn't want to sponsor something that I hadn't tried before. But when I got the coffee, I was legitimately excited about how good it was. I'm like, I'm so proud to sponsor this coffee <laughs> and I'm probably one of their best customers now at this point. So <laughs> wonderful. Um, so Lorenzotti.coffee and use in at checkout the last stage, use uh, promo code the mad ones. And um, <laughs> if I have bare <laughs> arms, will I get pregnant? Um, at the at put the promo code in the mad ones. And so coming up, this next week starts May, and May is Friend Month. First episode of that month is May fifth, which is your girl Jessica's birthday. And so we're going to have a libertarian pillow fight. We're going to have yeah. canned wine. Um, it should be exciting. Freckles and Britt are going to join us for that. Following that, we're going to have some more friends on the Sunday on the next episode with uh, Tetsui and Allie. And um, I have a special surprise that I'm going to do during that episode that I think should yield funny shit. We'll see. <laughs> um, after that, we have Miss Monica Perez, followed by Brad Binkley, who is just a peach, a peach of a man. And so with that, Dear listeners, do you have anything you'd like to say to them before we go? You got it all. All right. So with that, dear listeners, be the glitch you want to see in the Matrix. 